don't have community prayer today, but the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And Hebrews chapter six says, um, Lord, what does it say? It says, I'm going to, this is, this is from my mind. Okay. Y'all know I know my word. I ain't got nothing to prove. I ain't got nothing to prove on this day. It basically it says, if you're going to come to God, you have to believe that God is. And that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Right? So, Destiny came up to me and said she had a burning prayer request. And I said, we're not going to shut it down. We're going to pray. We're going to join our faith with her. So, come on, Destiny. Can they hear me? Okay, so listen. I don't have my paper. Anyway, so I be having these dreams, right, before things happen, right? So anyway, I had a dream, like, a few weeks ago that we was going to move to a house that was peach inside with a pool in the backyard, right? All right, so we just went to an open house before church, and it was peach in the inside. It was no pool, though. So, it's always a little bit different. So, I'm assuming that the pool is that y'all need to, we need to pool the money together because it's, um, it's $359,000. So, that might be what it is. So, I'm, we're moving to this house, but somebody gonna have the help. Alright? Amen. Listen, she coming to God boldly, coming before the throne of grace. But listen, she had a dream that, um, Urban Doxology, um, was singing and the KKK was there before August 11th when me and Toya and Makita were at, were surrounded by white nationalists in Charlottesville. She had a dream before that happened that that was going to happen. So I ain't going to, listen, we ain't going to shut this baby down. We Is there anything too hard for God? No. Okay, so let's pray. Let's go before God. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for destiny. And I thank you for her heart of faith. Lord, I join my faith with hers. And Lord, I believe that you can do the impossible things that people say, nope. Ain't no way, ain't no way you love to make those things happen. You delight in it because then we know that nobody gets glory but you. So, Father, if that house is theirs, Lord, make it apparent, Lord God. Make it easy. Make them slide on into that house in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for her faith. And, Lord, I pray that you double down like you just fill her to overflowing. Lord, I I believe that she has stepped out on faith and I believe that you are going to respond and give increase based on that deposit of faith that she has just sown into the ground. We love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay. All right. So it's big church weekend, y'all. And, um, the theme for the weekend has been come unity. And so it's not the word community. It's come Unity. It's like a request to God, Lord, would you unite us in the power of your love and by the power of your spirit? We have, um, in the beginning of, in January, we, we started on a, on a 30 day fast, 21 day fast, three week fast. 
and there were a couple of words that came out of the fast. One word was that there was new wine for this congregation and God wanted to pour it out. But God said, listen, before you get the new wine, you got to have new wine skin. And so we were like, amen, Lord, we hear that. We receive it. Don't know what it means, but we're going to take and we're going to discern. Another word that we have had um, around the same time was a word about unity that God wanted us to unite us. And so we've been in a period of discernment and praying and we're believing that the new wineskin is actually spiritual unity. Because the thing is that we've done community pretty well. Look around. You know, it's a pretty diverse audience. You know what I mean? We don't have as many older people, but I mean, it's okay. Like, we're doing the thing. It's a bunch of people who wouldn't necessarily be in a room together, in a room together, hands lifted, hearts bowed before the Lord, like, doing a thing. We, some of us have moved to the neighborhood. Some of us have uprooted our entire lives to just do this multicultural diversity reconciliation thing in the name of Jesus. And that's, I mean, that's what God has called us to do. That's what God has brought us here to do. And so we've done community really well. But what we're sensing is that God is taking us to a truer and deeper sense of community. And that's actual spiritual unity. When we're acting as the actual body of Christ, when we're like moving and operating on all cylinders in the fullness of what God has for us, each of us staying in our own lane, but each of us empowered and emboldened uh, in the name of Jesus to do the work that God has called us to do. So when we're talking about unity, I would love for us to, um, well, before we even read, unity, this word means like just the, the state of being like single-minded one. And we have a little, um, it's not an experiment, but it's a visual it's an object lesson to help us understand unity. I have a special assistant, Doug, would you come? He's got on on a green plaid shirt today, y'all. It's nice. This is not a stable table, but stable table rhymes. All right, so um, I've been just thinking a lot about like, how do we understand what unity is? Um, because it, can, it, is, it is not something that I think is easy for us to understand because it, what we're talking about is a spiritual thing. Like unity in the way that Jesus talks about unity doesn't exist outside of the spiritual work of the Holy Spirit. Are you about to, is the table falling? Is it happening right now? Okay. Um, and, and so I think the way to help us understand um, is, is this analogy about what it is that, that God is doing. Um, so right here we have sugar. Exactly. That's how I feel. We have flour. We have milk. And we have eggs. What are these the base ingredients for? A cake. I'm glad that we all know that. You're really, I've got something for you in a few minutes that your parents are going to be very excited about. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing that I want you to, here, here's the thing that I want you to see. All of these ingredients right now, they are together. But do we have a cake? Are you sure? We don't have a cake. All right. 
Now, the, the, the thing to help us think through this is that each of these ingredients represents a person. Like, each of these ingredients represents a person. Like, this person is sugar. But what is sugar used for? Sweeten. To, to sweeten what? Other things. You don't just eat sugar for the sake of eating sugar. Do you eat... F- well, some people might. You seem very excited about eating that sugar. <laughs> Look at him jumping up and down. That's right. This is flour. Do you eat flour just to eat flour? No. Like, flour, flour only becomes what it was really created to be when it is with something else. Like, together, these things are all together, they are, they are on one thing, and yet, it's not the thing that these things come together to create. Like, this sugar does not become what it was actually created to be until it is combined with the flour, which is combined with the milk, and then my favorite. The eggs, right? So we we have this all in a bowl. What's the next thing that I'm supposed to do? Very good. I don't have much more to say, Aaron. I'm I'm like, I'm stirring. So we're stirring. We're we're stirring. I have a little bit more to say. I'm going to say the same thing again, Aaron. We're stirring still. (laughs) Wonderful, yeah. We're stirring. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Okay. Can, can everyone see that? I mean, technically, this should look a little bit more runny. I've got way too much flour in here. But is this a cake yet? No. But can I get the sugar back now? Can I get the milk back now? Can I get the flour or the eggs back? It's in here but it is, one, it's not what it's supposed to be yet. But two, I also can't get this thing back. What is the only way to turn this into a cake? I have to put some fire on it. Yeah. The thing that, it, last night, if you were there, when we looked at John 17, there's this one particular verse in John 17. And it says this, Jesus is praying, not just for his disciples, but for all believers to come. And this is what he says. His prayer is, Lord, would you bring them through the process of complete unity? There's this recognition that there's a process where we start with like, there's Aaron, and then maybe there's Sharika, and then there's David, and there's Chan, and then there are all of these different ingredients that by themselves don't work. They only work when you put them in here and then you start stirring. That's how the process begins. But the process doesn't end there. It takes fire. And the point of the process is that it actually ends up in a cake. Unity, unity, unity is the process of these separate individual things that weren't created to be individual things. They get put together, and with the fire of the Holy Spirit, it turns into one thing. 
the thing it was created to be. And in the same way that we asked her, like, I can't get the sugar back. I can't get the eggs back. I can't get the flour back. But what I have is something that is greater than the sum of its parts. But this is the big thing. And this is where we have to weigh the cost. Every single ingredient must change for that to happen. Not only can I not get the sugar back, but the sugar has completely changed when the fire hits it. The flour changes, the eggs change. All of the changes to get this thing. And so the thing that we are asking, community, it only happens with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so what we have, what we have been doing in this grand experiment that we call Easton Fellowship is up to this point, in many ways, we've put the different ingredients together and we have stirred it around. And what we are really asking now with this request, community, is Lord, it's got to be your fire that bakes the cake. There's this beautiful passage in the book of Acts and it says this. It says, all the believers were together. And in one translation, it says they were in one accord. And in another translation, it says they were one in heart and mind. Like, it's as if, like, there are hundreds of people in a room, and yet they are of one single mind. The only way that that happens is through the Holy Spirit. It's the only way that that happens. The, um, I sent Aaron a text earlier. Hold on. Because I wanted to end on this so that I can hand it back to her, but I'm, it was a really precise thing that I wanted to say. Unity is the process of change that happens when a group of people become one in hearts and minds, where they are more defined by their togetherness than by their individuality. The, the problem for many of us is that we want to be just as defined by our, by our individualness as we are by who we are collectively. And there's a surrender that has to happen. And that will only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's bake the cake together. Thanks, Doug. So I'm going to read John chapter 17. I'm going to ask that everybody be as still as they possibly can. Hallelujah. Okay. So let's all just be as still as we possibly can. If we got to catch a bubble, let's catch a bubble. So we're going to join Jesus as he's praying. Jesus was just talking to his disciples and then he pulled a pastor Don. You know how pastor Don would just be talking to you and then he'll just go into prayer. You'd be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, let's <laughs> he's being like Jesus when he does that. So Jesus was literally talking to his disciples and encouraging his disciples. And then Jesus just burst into prayer. He just, and he starts praying for himself. And Jesus says, Lord, would you glorify me as you are forever glorified in heaven? Uh, and I want, I glorified you on earth, accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Glorify me in your presence. And we're going to join uh, Jesus here in John chapter 17, verse 6. And we're going to put on our best listening ears. Jesus said, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Jesus is talking about his disciples. He says, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world right now, but I'm praying for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. 
All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they're in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except for the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your world, your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I don't ask that you remove them from the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth, because your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. And here's what Jesus said. He's talking about the disciples that are actually physically with him. But then he changes right here. He says, I don't just pray for these ones only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and that's me. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I'll read that again. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are one, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you have sent me. I may know to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the word of the Lord. So Jesus is saying a lot of I in you and you in me and let them be one, not just one, but perfectly one, but also one as we are one. I'm one with you and you with me that they may be one in love. And that's kind of confusing. But basically Jesus is saying, Father, you and I are one. May everybody that believes on my name be one just like you and I are one. And in verse 24, he says, you have loved me from before the foundation of the world. And what does that tell us? That Jesus, the son and God, the father have lived in perfect unity before time began. The Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit has existed in perfect community for all time. There was no end and there will be no beginning. But how did they do that when Jesus walks the earth? How did they dwell in perfect unity when Jesus was in bodily form here on earth? I'll tell you why or how. The unity of the Godhead was expressed through Jesus Christ 
while Jesus walked on earth in that the will of Jesus was completely lost in that of the father's. The will of Jesus was completely lost in that of the fathers. In John chapter 5, Jesus says, I can't do nothing but what I see the father do. And I only do what I see the father do. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father do. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. And in Luke chapter 22, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. Getting ready, knowing he's about to endure some scourging. Endure some betraying. Endure some um, cat and nine tails. Enduring the cross. And he just is like, hey father, love you. Um, If there's any way... That we could not do this. If there's a plan B that you'd had in your pocket. Like remember what you did with Abraham. And Isaac and the ram in the bush. No I'm the ram in the bush. Okay. Jesus is saying literally not what I want. But what you want. Not my will. But yours be done. Okay so but what does this have to do with us? I think the question that has been asked is. How do we get to true spiritual unity? And I don't think that we can come to true spiritual unity as a body until each of us is united in God. And what's the way to being united in God? Let's see how Jesus did it. His will was completely lost in that of the fathers. So if we're going to seek and pursue true spiritual unity, individually and corporately, our will has got to be lost in the will of the fathers. That's a word for us, y'all. This is a grown-up word. It's time for us to grow up and lay aside some things. There's some things that God is calling us to and calling us from that we're clinging to for dear life. And God is asking us to release it. Leslie, when we were praying earlier, she was saying that um, when a potter is um, at the at the wheel, y'all seen Ghost? When uh, when the potter's at the wheel, right? Um, The potter literally has to work out every single air bubble that's in the clay. Because if there's an air bubble in the clay and the clay goes in the fire, the whole thing is going to explode. Can't be no air bubbles. And Leslie prayed something that blessed my entire life. She said, Lord, if there's anything in my life that I consider to be air I need to breathe, but that you're trying to work out of me, Lord, I pray that I am malleable in your hands. So there are some things that we're holding on to that we think this is life for me. I need this. I have to have it. I can't move without this. I can't go without it. And God is saying, just let it go, baby. So I can make you my, so I can make you one with me. That's what I believe God is calling us to. Not just you, not just me, but us as a church. If we would all submit our will to that of the Father, then we can see true spiritual unity. Van, y'all can go back up. There's an example in Acts chapter 2, actually before that. Um, Jesus is resurrected, right? So Jesus said, he tells his disciples, he's like, listen y'all, I'm going to destroy this temple in three days, I'm going to raise it up. And they were like, what do you mean? Why would you destroy the temple? This is where we worship, we like it here. But Jesus was talking about his own body. And then it actually happened. Jesus went to the cross, he died for all of us, and he was raised to life three days later. And then he appeared into his disciples, right? And he sat with them and like had performed many miracles so they would actually know this is actually Jesus Christ. This is actually our Lord. This is actually our Savior. Can you imagine? You saw like your rabbi, your teacher crucified. 
you thought every man we thought that he knew what he was saying we thought he and now what are we gonna do now we're lost but then he comes back and you're like okay shoot yeah we get ready to take over the kingdom for you jesus and jesus is like actually i'm gonna leave again um, but listen, take heart. Wait for the spirit that the father has promised. So they're waiting in it. So what they do is, he says, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay right here. Go and wait for the spirit. So they're all on one accord, right? They're all of similar mind. They're all of unity. And what they've done is, this is a group of people that have literally forsaken everything for Jesus Christ. They've left family. They've left home to be up in a room for 10 days. They didn't know how long. They didn't, Jesus didn't say wait for 10 days. Jesus said go up there and wait. And they're like, Lord, we know how you are. Let's bring, let's pack some extra clothes. <laughs> they left everything behind because they heard the word of Jesus and they obeyed it. And they were all on one accord because they said, listen, any life apart from the life of the master, any life that separates me from the word of Jesus Christ is not a life worth living. And I think if we could all join our hearts together in that, I think, yo, when that happened, when they were on one accord, the Holy Spirit came and the world was changed forever. And I think what God wants to do in this place, what God wants to do in this house, we can't even conceive of it. But he's waiting on us. He's waiting on he's waiting on us to hear his word and respond in loving obedience. If we would just submit our will to him. But y'all, let's hear the compassion and the grace that's in this. God wants we God wants to give us his best. He wants to give us his absolute highest. And sure, it might be painful. Being cooked in the oven might be painful. Being whisked together, the beating, yeah, that might feel painful. But literally, we're going to be a delicious, delightful pound cake in a little while if we would just wait on God. So let's bow. Father, we thank you for your spirit here. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you've called us to a life of fullness and richness and love and grace and power and sacrifice and obedience and humility. Lord, I pray that we would always expect that we would always pursue your highest call of us and that we wouldn't just rest on your grace lazily taking what comes Lord, I pray that we will be known by the love that we have for you and the love that we have for each other. Not just for us, but so that the world will know that you are who you say you are. Lord, we submit our wills to you. Lord, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice will come before you with open hands and open hearts saying, Lord, whatever you want to take from me, you can take whatever you're calling me to. I'm going to respond. If you tell me to be still, I'm going to be still. If you tell me to go, I'm going to go. If you tell me to speak, I'm going to say what you want. Lord, I pray that we would all be clay in your hands, malleable, and that we would not resist your work, God. And Lord, there's some of us in the room that don't, don't even know what to pray. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, enlighten us and show us the places that you're calling us to. Show us the deeper levels of love and faithfulness that you're inviting us to in your word. Lord, we're willing to wait on you. Lord, we're willing to not move until you say move, God. 
Holy Spirit, come. 